welcome to the Executive Security Podcast, where we talk to CISOs and other leaders in cybersecurity about their careers in the industry, specifically how to get into it and how to advance. My name is Gene Fay, the CEO of ThreadX, an API and application cybersecurity company, and the host of the Executive Security Podcast. Today, we're joined by Mark Haupt, CISO at Databank. Mark has extensive experience in the cybersecurity industry and is a Navy veteran, so I know he has a lot to offer to our listeners. Good morning, Mark. How are you today? Good morning, Gene. I'm doing wonderful. And how about yourself? Doing well. So, so first off, thank you very much for your service. My my nephew just got out of the Navy after five years working a sub, and my brother, who works at Palo Alto, and I are hoping he both gets into cyber. So I might be sending him your way. You do that because uh, we really enjoy having our veterans, um, not only because we recognize and respect the service, because we find a an incredible work ethic in our veterans. And I'm not saying that just because I am one. I'm saying that yeah. I hired a number of them, the, those guys that are, you know, like, for example, out there on the submarines. Right. Nothing else to do for six or three right. months or whatever. They know what it's like to be trapped. So, you know, being trapped for a a 12-hour, 18-hour incident response is nothing. They're they're enjoying that. <laughs> exactly. They get to see some daylight, you know. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So awesome. Well, so let's jump into it. Let's uh can you tell our listeners a little bit about your journey, specifically about your transition from the military and what your experience in the cybersecurity industry has been like? Just to, you know, to take a step way back, I, I actually started this whole career by pulling cable in my high school in the late 80s. You know, back when that kind of thing wasn't really happening, we were somewhat cutting edge, pulling the cable, and I, I just fell into it at that point. And then I went into the military, into the Navy in particular, as a cryptologist. And I did that because my father was a cryptologist. So not oh, wow. only was I... I grew up military. I grew up serving. And so I knew kind of what I was getting into, but I did a different type of cryptology than my dad did. I did the communication. So I was dealing with satellite communications and routers and switches and multiplexers and, and also dealing with the KG-84 and different types of encryption gear. And it really intrigued me. Also learning the physical security aspect of how to protect our data centers and our SCIFs and the importance of segmentation and compartmentalization of data, things along those lines are all the things I learned back in the early 1990s wow. when security was nothing. Right. So my transition out of the military is much different than it would, hap would happen to be today. When I got out of the military, there were two, two key things that I had to battle. There is some aspect of this that has to happen today, but... Back then, it was, first of all, it was 1995, so we were out of the Cold War, but we weren't far enough out that things had completely changed yet. Right. And so there was still an aspect of what I did because of my security clearance back in the military was not something we even, I, the things I just told you right now would probably not be discussed, right? Right, yeah. And, or, yeah. Um, and, and just the fact that I had that security clearance and that level of access would not be discussed. So right, moving right. out of the military and into the civilian uh, mindset, there was an aspect of what I didn't want to discuss. There was an aspect of what they didn't understand about what I'd done. So I got started on the help desk at a healthcare entity. And I, I I was blessed to be starting there because at the same time I was starting there, this little new law came out, jokingly sarcasm in that, um, <laughs> called HIPAA. Right. Here's the thing is that although HIPAA is specifically about portability of insurance and things like that, there's a lot of, a lot of security and IT aspects to it, right? Absolutely, and yes. 
the organization I was working for really didn't understand encryption and understand how to handle some of the things that were inside of that. And one of the people up in the boardroom said, hey, there's this kid. And I, I was a kid at the time. You know, let's face it. My my kids are as old as I was when they when I did this. And so I look at them as, as kids. I'm sure other people looked at me as kid. But there's this kid down here on the help desk who says he's got already got four, four and a half years worth of experience of doing this super secret encryption type of stuff. He called himself a cryptologist. So why don't we get him up here and see what he thinks? He, he knows. And I got up there. And so the lowest person in the company all of a sudden became almost a consultant and, a, and an expert on something that people have been doing that for 20, 30 years, working on IBM mainframes and so on and so forth, right. really didn't understand. So in a nutshell, that's how I transitioned out of the military was I utilized what I knew, and I took advantage of every opportunity that I had. I didn't shrink back when they said, hey, can you come up to the boardroom and talk about this? Yeah, I didn't go, oh, in. you know, I'm a kid and you're, you know, I had luckily in the military um, had experience where I worked directly in Washington, D.C. And, and overseas with admirals and with people had, you know, stars on their shoulders. Right. So I had experience with dealing with that boardroom type of environment, if you will on a daily basis, as a matter of fact, providing intelligence briefs and different things like that. And so I was able to utilize that experience and, and go confidently into the boardroom and say, yeah, I know what I'm talking about. Probably too confidently in some, you know, as, as a, as a 22 year old, 23 year old kid, you know, probably a little bit of arrogance with it as well, but I did that. And that's how my entire career in the civilian industry launched. And from there, we could talk about the rest of it if you want, but um, okay. that's how I got out of the military oh, awesome. and the civilian side. You just hit on so many great points, but it's a lot of hard work, I'm sure, underlying all of that. Absolutely. And then stepping stepping forward, not stepping back when mm -hmm. the opportunity puts itself in front of it, right? It's right. just step in. What's the worst? You're going to fail? Okay, well, at least you, you put forth your, t your effort and your opportunity. So Right. Fail forward, right? Exactly. Uh, absolutely. So so I know you do a lot of outreach uh, with high school and university students. Yes. It's a big passion of mine. It's, it's why I started this uh, podcast. So what is the career advice that you give uh, most often to, to students when you're talking with them? I stand on college campuses um, in Bloomington, Normal, Illinois, and I talk to a bunch of high school kids, maybe 15, 20 kids um, on a yearly basis. In fact, I, I just did it a couple of weeks ago. I've got another two sessions in March. So I stand on this college campus and I tell these very bright, very intelligent kids, you want to get into this, you don't have to go to college. Mm -hmm. I also say you can go to college. Don't let it, you know, don't let those words destroy you or hinder you. You don't have to go to college. You know, I didn't go to college until 15 years into my career. And then when I went to college, I did it for fun, got a, a degree, had nothing to do with IT. I later came back and got my master's degree in information security and assurance. But so really, I didn't get a, a security IT degree till 20 some odd years into my career. So I that's that's one of the key things I explained to them is you don't need to go to college news. And on top of that, as a some of these kids are freshmen and sophomores in, in high school, I tell them you can go out and get CompTIA certifications and other types of certifications right now. Absolutely. And even start a consulting business or start helping SMBs that are out there that and get some experience and learn some things uh, while while you're in high school. 
So that's one of the things that that I really try and push is that, yeah, education's important, but it's how you go about that education and understanding the landscape. Our culture tells us that you can't succeed without going to college. And I'm very much one of those people that says, especially in the IT industry, if you apply yourself to practical learning and academic learning in the form of certifications or full college degrees or STEM classes, whatever it may be, you can most certainly succeed in this business. Yeah, I to- totally agree. And I think the the opportunity has never been better for students because whether you want to look at the pluses and minuses of the pandemic, but just education in general is all online. If you want to go mm-hmm. you know, sit through a Harvard class, uh, just to pick on them, you know, you can go online and many of those classes are online full right. and free, right? And so, free. Yeah. So, yep. so education, I always say the, the caveat that I always warn people at, because unfortunately there are a lot of uh, shadiness going on because mm-hmm. people see there are 3.4 million open positions and people say, well, how can I make money off of that? So they put up bogus uh, degree programs or certification right. programs. So, so look to CompTIA, look to SANS, look to those industries, industry leaders Mm-hmm. Uh, where you know that those they're going to add value back to the um, participant. Yep. I literally that- have an email sitting here in front of me from my director of compliance, just kind of sharing. There are 17 free security related, viable security related classes, a, a links to them on this email right here. You know, they're, they're all free. They're able, you know, our staff was sharing it around saying, Hey, I've done this one. I've done that one. It's yeah. just good. Great content. Take this one out. It really didn't. Mark was trying to teach something, get rid of him, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you could share that with us, we'd love to share that with our listeners as well. I will. So I will do that. Great. Awesome. So, so our listeners that are looking to get into this industry or, or are new to it and are starting their careers in a really dynamic, ever-changing environment. So what advice do you give them to kind of navigate such an environment? So first and foremost, you have to be the type of person that always wants to learn, you know, lifelong learner. This is not an industry, whether it's IT, it's security, anything with technology is one of those types of environments where you consistently have to ensure that you carve time out of your day or your week, however you want to do it, to learn. You know, myself, I carve out at least a half an hour every morning to go through not the newspaper, but just the the various <clears throat> legitimate sources of information that are out there about what's going on in the industry, what's happening. And when I don't, I find myself getting very rusty. Mm. That's number one. Number two is also carve out time. Uh, you know, once you get your career going to continually academically, you know, again, through those certifications, through the free classes, whatever it may be, maintain the what some of the certifications call the CEUs or the continuing education units. Maintaining that will ensure that you your sword is always sharp and mm-hmm. you're always on top of what's going on. Me personally, I try and do one academic official degree classes or certifications, whatever you want to call it. I try and keep one academic thing on my radar for every year. I'll go at the beginning of the year and I'll set goals say, this is what I want to accomplish in 2023. 
and I'll set one of those as an academic thing. And I'll set another one as a, a personal growth goal, a managerial leadership group goal. Then also identify, you know, some of the smaller mild milestones throughout the weeks and months that I want to achieve. The other thing that I do is I constantly, and I want to put read in air quotes because I don't, I'm not the kind of person that can sit down with a book and just sit there and stare at it without falling to sleep and actually get information from, from it. But I listen to audiobooks I do on as well. a, and, and podcasts on a continual basis. And I have on the audiobook thing, I have a three cycle rotation, personal growth, my technical books, if you are things about my, my business. So my, the first one, the personal growth would be leadership. Second one would be things in, in regards to how to technically do my job. And then the third one is something that none of, none of those. So for example, the last book that I read was the full unabridged copy of uh, called spare from Prince Harry. So I like history. That's something that I enjoy. So that three rotation, I'll break it up and get out of the business mindset or get out of the personal growth mindset with something that's just enjoyable and keep that rotation rolling through. Prior to prior to spare, I read devotion. After spare, I moved into a book, you know, back to my leadership side of things. It's the ruthless the ruthless pursuit of hurry and what it's really trying to it's more of a a book coming from the religious or christian um aspect right. of looking at sabbath and looking at at how 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 we can carve out time and, and pull away from the technology devices and and center our lives if you will a little mm. bit so and there's a lot of good aspects in there that, that cross over outside of the religious piece and saying hey you know what we probably are killing ourselves with speed um, in what we're doing. We need to kind of slow down in one of the concepts that talked about in there, for example, was, you know, how in business we're, we're constantly moving and it's, it's a crown. It's a, it's a, a thing to lift up and say, Hey, I'm working 70, 80 hours a right, week, right. all the studies, the pain. <laughs> uh, yeah. Outside of every, you know, for, forget the religious aspect of it outside, you know, Harvard, whoever, every study says, once you do over 50 to 55 hours a week at your job, there is no more productivity in doing 70, 80 hours versus 50 to 55. And I went back and I validated that study and I'm like, mm, okay, now I really need to think about this. Mm -hmm. And so those are the kinds of things that I'm, I'm constantly learning and keeping on the forefront of, of how, how I keep sharp in my business and in, in what I do. Yeah. Well, you hit on a couple of things that absolutely resonate with me. I actually did a, a six minute podcast that's, uh, that's available, uh, on our site, which is basically the importance of writing down your goals. And I always say, people say they have goals. And I'm like, where do you have them written down? Well, I never write them down. I said, well, then they're ideas, you know, yeah. like anybody can keep ideas in their head. Goals are, are written down. And, and if you do, don't, if you dare shared to try to have some positive peer pressure to try to accomplish those things. Yeah. So I totally agree with that. And, uh, I'm a big audio book guy. I actually just read, uh, Bruce, I listened to Bruce Schneier's latest book, uh, Hacker Mind, which uh, mm -hmm. if you haven't checked it out, it's a it's a good one. It's a it's it's less a cybersecurity and more a, a more politics than anything else. Right. It talks about uh, you know accountants are really hackers. You know they mm -hmm. hack the the tax code, and you know the rich get the their hacks to stay in for long periods of time. But if the the tax code ever you know finds a hack where 
you know, middle class and lower middle class people and the poor, God forbid, have any tax advantage. Well, that'll be mended in seconds, you know? So it's a, Oh yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. It's definitely a good read. So uh, last question, I I know you feel strongly that cybersecurity professionals ignore geopolitical landscape Mm -hmm. at their own perils. Uh, Why do you think this? So, okay, let me take a real, real step back. So this, this actually comes from my military background. I learned very early on as a very young man that geopolitics, the culture of nations, the culture of other, other entities plays in significantly in how they, how we all respond and react to situations. So I'll give you a perfect example. Okay. Everybody loves ransomware, right? You know, it's out there, it's pervasive, but reality is, is if you look deeper at that geopolitical aspect of how ransomware is going on, ransomware that's sourced out of Eastern Europe and out of Europe in general is typically about the money because it's behind the scenes geopolitically, it's the mafia type of situations or, or the organized crime that are uh, that are loosely associated with the governments of Eastern Europe or or Russia, that, that type of situation. Whereas if you look at the people that are using ransomware out of Asia, it's typically they're using that in order to either divert attention or to overwrite or overcome the the reality that they're stealing intellectual property underneath that. So they have two different reasons and those come from cultural and other aspects. And so why do I believe firmly that geopolitics plays into that? That's a perfect example of how it plays into that is geopolitics, culture, you know, going back to Simon Sinek's uh, mindset, it's the why they do it. You know, people Mm. don't do hacks and attacks and things against our systems just because they feel like it. Those days of script kiddies sitting in the basement, just playing around for no, no good reason. They're predominantly over. Even the people that we would call script kiddies, these kids that are doing it or these younger people that are doing it or even people that are older that are getting into it that we would call script kiddies, there's a why. There's a reason Mm -hmm. for them to do it. So we need to understand the reason, the motivation behind their activities in order to defend against that. Because if we know the motivation, if we know that why, then we could put up the defenses that will prevent that. It's not just about ones and zeros and blocking IP addresses from one one source or another, it it's understanding the whole psyche of the attacker to understand and defend against the attack. No, it makes sense. And I, I was just listening to Bloomberg this morning and talking about China and, and potentially them helping to arm the Ukraine, but also what's going on with Taiwan and you know, all these things intermingle and and what what is the impact on on our industry specifically cybersecurity and right what's the, what's the yeah what, what's the, the what's the why behind what could happen in some of those things so it, right I was prepping for this and I was listening to that and I, I, I'm like, I, I haven't thought enough about that so I think you yeah. you taught me something new this morning that's for well, sure you're absolutely correct but we're going beyond what I said there is that is cyber warfare has become a a very real a very real activity mm-hmm. that is right alongside kinetic. And so there's there's also kinetic warfare. There's also another reason is that I don't think the world really responds to cyber warfare the same way it responds to a bomb being dropped from an airplane. Right. And you know, you could, you know, China can attack Taiwan cyber-wise, 
and that's all theory. You know, we can attack Iran in theory, right. cyber-wise, and it's not going to elicit a response that's going to kill my brother next door mm-hmm. or make a plane come through a building in, in New York. It's mm. a different level of warfare that's going on. And a lot of people don't realize that that warfare is actively going on every day right, right. now. It's a cat and mouse game. Yeah. And I think if people understood that they would, you know, everybody was up in air, up in the arms a couple of weeks ago about the China balloon situation, you know, overfly the U.S. But if people really understood the implications of that cyber warfare layer with that balloon situation, and they had looked at the assets that the U.S. was flying constantly around that, you know, the combat sent RC-135s, the TR-1U2Rs that were flying above it and monitoring. You know, we've seen a picture come out this week of a, a selfie from the pilot of that plane right. on looking down on the balloon. Keep in mind, the balloon was at 60,000. This airplane's looking down on that balloon. Right. You then quickly realize that 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 balloon, whether it had intelligence information on it or or collection capabilities or not, the fact is it could, and it could have also had other cyber warfare implications, everything from the kinetic EMP to actually jamming signals Mm. that we we could have had impact on our business applications day in and day out. So when you look at it from that layer, all of a sudden things become much, much higher and much, yes. uh, much different perspective. So, yes. Oh, that's awesome, Mark. Well, I appreciate your time. I knew you were going to be a great guest. You absolutely were. So, so thank you again for joining us. As a reminder to our listeners looking to up their cybersecurity skills, you can get one year free content by going to ThreadX Academy and using the promo code podcast. ThreadX Academy covers a wide variety of cybersecurity skills. Uh, You can learn more by going to academy.threadx.com. Also, please uh, check out our episode with Bruce Schneier, where we discuss his latest book, uh, Hacker Mind. Uh, I just finished it. Didn't get to read it before I did the interview, but now I've actually listened to it, and I can highly recommend it as a great read. And lastly, if you want to learn more about API and application security, please visit our website, threadx.com. Mark, thank you again. Have a great day. It's a Friday. Have a great uh, weekend as well. Absolutely. You too. Thanks. Thanks.